0: Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.
1: Um, I also think that, like, generally the thing that I find to be the most dangerous um, Mm -hmm. in game development, and this is actually true in, I think, all entertainment, but in in game development for developers, I think the thing that, that is most dangerous is... Welcome to
2: Game Dev Advice the Game Developers Podcast, your place for resources and in-depth conversations with other game development professionals. I'm your host, John JP Podlasic. I've worked at 10 different game companies starting back in 1989 with the TurboGrafx-16. Over the decades, I've developed games like Mortal Kombat, Avengers Initiative, Beavis and Butthead, and numerous others. I now work for a startup called Level X. But this podcast isn't about me. It's about you and the game development community. So if you have questions or ideas, give a call 224-484-7733 or go to the gamedevadvice.com website. So let's kick things off with the new Game Dev Advice. Hey everyone, I have a very special episode here with the legendary creative director, Jason Vandenberg. Jason has led creative teams for over two decades developing AAA games for Ubisoft, For Honor, Activision, Call of Duty, and Electronic Arts, James Bond, just to name a few. He's also a friend who I currently work with at Level X. Side note, we're hiring for all kinds of game dev roles at levelex.com. It was recorded just two days after the great Eddie Van Halen passed from his battle with cancer. So a shout out to Wolfgang and the family. This is a longer episode, but I also think it's one of the most insightful and interesting shows I've done. Hey, Jason. So where are you calling in from tonight?
1: I am talking to you from Seattle, Washington, looking out my my window at the lovely Belltown here.
2: Cool. So how are you doing with uh, COVID-19 and everything going
1: on right now? We are having a very strange, slow apocalypse, right? Like this is yeah. really, a, it's been super <laughs> weird. Um, you know, I think it was, uh, it's, it's, it's been a, a bonkers year for all of us. From my my mm-hmm. experience was has very much been I'm one of those people who has always kind of lived an introverted um, existence. You know, I mean, I have friends, but I don't often see them. And yeah. so, I mean, for um, my life has been watching the rest of the world sort of retreat into my normal lifestyle, and then getting mm-hmm. horrified yeah. by that. Right? And like, <laughs> oh my God! How can you live this way? And I'm like, well, um, I, it's not so bad, I guess. I don't know. I <laughs> yeah. I find the internet very entertaining. I don't find much of a need to go outside and do a, go to parties and stuff. So I don't know. It's fine. I also have yeah. found I've found a mask that fits my enormous mug with my beard <laughs> intact. <laughs> right. So that go. took some doing, that took some doing, you know, this, uh, um, coming on, I mean, as you know, it started working at level X, um, uh, yeah. and we're all working remote now. And, mm-hmm. um, I was actually delighted to give it a try because I've been trying to find a, 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 position in which I could work remotely for a long time now. And so to have the world kind of be forced in that position, it's, it's unfortunate for all of the, the, the terrible things that are happening, of course, it's not, right. that, it's not I don't mean to make light of the the horrific suffering and all of that, um, at the same time, for for my own life, um, I find the remote work to be quite comfortable um, mm-hmm. if you've got, yeah. you know, if you've got enough tech and, you know, um, you know, everyone's on Slack and a team that can communicate well that way. Um, right. So, you know. Yeah. And kind of transitioning that next question, kind of like tell me
2: about your current role as the VP Creative Director at Level X. oh
1: man what a road how many months has
2: it been we've been yeah i was was yeah i
1: think it's three i think i've been there for about three months okay so i was um uh, contacted initially a friend of mine uh, Noah Falstein reached Noah, out. No, he's yeah. also a game design guru, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Legend. Uh, yeah. yeah, he had posted um, that Level X was looking for a creative director on sort of a you know a, a, a forum that we were that we were both part of. And and my first mm-hmm. thought when I saw that posting was I had two thoughts simultaneously. My first thought was, man. <laughs> no one in this list is going to like apply for that because the medical thing is just like, it's really tough. And the second thought was I would be, I would really like to do that job. I would, re- that seems really cool. Like, yeah. all right. <laughs> so Two completely contradictory thoughts. And like no one <laughs> wait, except for me. Hang on me. Yeah. I, I would, I would love that. That sounds really interesting. Um, Cause I've been, I've been on a, a long design journey, but you know, I, I, mm-hmm. I had a, I had a, an incredible opportunity to, to make my game for honor was, an incredible right. experience for me. I don't know if you do your listeners. I made, I was a creative director on for honor for Ubisoft, which is a Knights Vikings samurai sword fighting game. And I had, I yeah. strove for 10, 15 years to make that game. And, but I got to do it and it's done right. and it's out there and I'm super proud of it. And then the question you're left with at the end of that is, okay, now what am I going to do? With yeah. What's lives? next? Like, what, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. am I going? And I was really, I started to turn towards mentorship and sort of helping develop other teams. And when I started yeah. talking to level X about this position, I met Sam, of course, and started interviewing, um, yeah. Immediately was just struck by how bright everyone in the company was. And there's this odd glow that comes from the team <laughs> that is like, that I think comes from the fact that everyone kind of gets that what we're doing is really trying to make the world a better place through entertainment. Like we're, but specifically yeah. doctors, like we're trying to make doctors better, better at their job. Right. And at first I thought, man, is that going to be cool? I don't really know. Like it, you know, I'm used to the big triple A thing and you know, is, right, it as sexy right. as, is it as sexy as normal? I gotta mm-hmm. tell you, man, like I traded what I did. I think I feel like I traded um, um, the, the sort of the ultra cool sort of high pressure environment of AAA yeah. for a, to work for a chance to work with just some incredible people who were actually trying to make a difference. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to explain it to people out in the, the games biz because <laughs> I never felt this way before. Like I've never sat in a group of uh, in a room with a group of people and everyone was talking about how can we best serve these medical people who are saving people's lives, and that's really our whole mission here. And we just have to get really yeah. honest about it and look really hard at them. And the design problem that we're solving is not how do we you know how do we monetize our players, better? Monetize, how, we, right. how do we compete with the next game that's coming out. The problem that we're the problems are all around how do we make doctors lives better how do we make doctors better at their work which is it's yeah. it, it's weird to leave the meeting and go i did good today like this is good <laughs> good for it's the really strange. Yeah. yeah yeah it's really a strange feeling um but i love yeah. it i love it for me personally too the, my mom was a nurse so i kind of grew up right. um, she was a vascular technologist so she did um, she was an early medical nerd right um, mm-hmm. doing the the scanning with the ultrasound scanners um, cool. and did that for her whole career and so I kind of grew up around medical stuff and hospitals. And she was also a type one diabetic. Di- di- she's she's still around? So um, is a type one diabetic. And so, oh wow, right. Medicine and hospitals and stuff was just always part of my my life. So there was a, there's also been a part of this for me, which is just kind of settling into a you know a comfortable pair of old shoes, right? Like it it, it feels very natural to me to to mm-hmm. be talking about these things. So yeah. the journey for me was surprising. Uh, it took me a while to kind of come around to the fact to the idea of really trying it out. And now that I'm doing it. The pace mm-hmm. is astounding. It's just astounding. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I love it. I love it. I love the fast pace, rapid fire, you mm-hmm. know, let's just make this happen. Smart people trying to help each other, collaborative environment. It's just been great. It's been great. So I'm yeah. I'm really, really pleased that I stumbled into this role um and that I took a chance on it. So it's on. my yeah. quality of life has gone has gone way, way up.
2: <laughs> yeah. No. You know, quality of life is important to us, right? Like yeah. I I did the triple a and the crunch and the, the fog of war and all, you know, we'll pick your metaphor. And um yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's exhausting and you get almost like Stockholm syndrome and you're just like, whoa, yeah. this is not the right way to live. And like making games for doctors and doctors see two to 4,000 patients a year. And then those patients have better outcomes and we have what thousand downloads and you you know, extrapolate right. that out. It's like you're indirectly impacting the lives of millions of people. And it's not, how do we get on to spend 99 cents? How do we get them to spend 599? How do we get to <laughs> spend 999? Yeah. Turn up the A-B testing, squeeze, 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 more UA, more UA. You, yeah. you know, it, it's like, it's refreshing to be like, let's just focus on retention and then make right. this great content totally, thousand percent agree
1: yeah yeah i guess you And what's weird what's weird too is that i was never somebody who had any problem with making games that were going to be successful or you know like i would never i wasn't i wasn't someone who was kind of i think there are some people at at level x who kind of come have come here Mm -hmm. out of like you know just like a need to do something that isn't morally corrupt like really sort of like you know turning their back on that sort of thing i really was never that guy I i was like i'm so i'm a whale right? Like I will, <laughs> I will, when, when I like a game, I'm going to give you a hundred dollars, right? Like it's fine. Like it's really I mean, like, yeah, I'm like, show me the monetization, make your pitch. Cause I got, I'm right here. My credit card's ready. <laughs> I'm going to do the thing. Right. Um, so I don't have the same sort of a grinding more. I mean, the, the addiction stuff is problematic and, and the, the, our current conversation around loot boxes is a really healthy one. Um, right. At the same time, I never minded making, making commercial products.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But on the other hand, Suddenly, not doing that and then working on stuff that is like you were saying, is, is really helping people. There's this sort of shocking amount of lightness that comes in the step about like, it's, yeah. it's hey. really surprising, right? <laughs> like, yeah. What do you know? Uh, making it's a energy. difference feels good? Yeah, making a difference feels good. I just huh, who'd have thought? The other thing that I'll, that I'll throw out too is that I mean mm-hmm. I, the, the thing that originally attracted me to this problem was that the design problem is so weird. It's yeah. so weird. Because it's not—we're not monetizing doctors. We're just trying to help them. Yeah. Right. Like it's—it's it's really strange. <laughs> we're trying to make genuine entertainment, like real video games that are genuinely fun, but primarily right. for people who have a medical degree. Like it, yeah. you know, like that's the that's that the niche. Design. Right. It's really strange. It's it's mm-hmm. a it's kind of a wonderfully weird concept. And I, I I was asked early on a, a couple times about like you know why why am I doing this like what is the thing why is that yeah. so interesting like what is it about that is just the newness thing and I, I I actually think it's a lot deeper than that I, what, the metaphor that I came up with. To explain my excitement about level x is really the i think about it in the future mm-hmm. you know if, if our species reaches the point where we're like you know uh, you know 100 trillion people scattered across 17 planets right we're like a, you know we've, <laughs> we've become this vast civilization right, right. Where we're just you know we're at a whole different scale of, of yeah, size yeah. right from plane right? yeah we're still going to be making video games like that's still going to be a thing like right? video games are going to be a thing that we make But we're going to be in this weird space where these sort of niche, micro niches of expertise are going to all be viable markets. You could make a game for like, you know, second year law degree students because (laughs) there's eight and a half million of them. Or right. right, you can make a degree. You can make a game for you know residents of Chicago who are living in this one neighborhood because that you know that 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 population density is increased to where there's eight and a half million of those people right like, right. Just drill and, down and, yeah. yeah you can you you'll we'll have the audiences will grow to such a size that that will be able to explore these weird corners of the design space and really make entertainment that is reflecting the reality of very specific experiences back to people who are living those experiences Mm -hmm. um kind of across the board and so when i Mm -hmm. first heard about what level x was doing my first thought was that like Sam Glassenberg, who's the CEO, had stumbled on an alien artifact from the future in his backyard, or something. <laughs> you know, like he'd like. Like I feel like oh, I Oh, what like, is this? Yeah, what is this thing? Like, hey, <laughs> wow, this is this incredible technology from the future, the, right? The future, um, fast forward. Yeah, I feel like I feel like what we're doing is the way that games will be designed a hundred years from now there will be a lot more games that are being targeted at odd little niches. Um, And I'm so excited to be exploring that to be one of the first, you know to be among the first designers to be exploring this new alien landscape. Right. I, I, it's a really strange place to be, um, and in design, uh, and I'm getting a huge kick out of it. So.
2: Yeah. and Well, I think of it too, just to riff off that is there's the whole subject matter experts, which is our like whole medical team that you immerse yourself with. And there's like this, (laughs) you know, learning from them and they learn from you. And it's like, Oh yeah. then, And then all of a sudden designers, you you hear them talking and, and I'll look up. I'm like, what are you a freaking doctor you know because they, <laughs> right. they sound like a doctor and I'm like you've been here like 6 weeks and you talk doctor talk yeah. you know because they have to learn all this stuff and this stuff. you know as a designer I think it'd be very exciting and interesting to like learn about like what what is this field you know like for cardiology like people were just drilling down 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 interventional cardiologists what does that mean was it stints and what about plaque and what about uh, you know all these kind of things and um, then you you have this knowledge you you know it's it's not um, traditional game stuff it's like you understand this stuff then you figure out on ways to riff on that and make gameplay around it so um, yeah
1: yeah totally it's it's a huge new new pile of information to learn right which is mm-hmm. so great um that that part has just been amazing um and that, maybe the other thing about working with the medical people we have a medical team right oh yeah, like a dozen people now I think, oh yeah. boy medical people are <laughs> smart they have their they have their stuff together they totally. are professional and they are positive I'm like the bar is very high. I am not used to this kind of professional engagement. They are yeah. right there, paying attention, picking up right, what you're laying right. down, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm ready to help in any way that they can. I'm like, are you? is this the games industry? This is not my usual experience, right? <laughs> I'm much more used to people who are like, I'm not sure if I want to do the work that you're proposing to me. I want you to prove to me that it's a great right. idea. I like, need to okay, feel it first. I have to <laughs> feel it. I just don't, right? Like, <laughs> and here, the people are just like, let's try it. Let's do everything. Let's do all the stuff. Right, right. right. What about this and that? And we combine. Yeah, those. and let me help you. Oh, you don't need, need any help with that? Great. I'll just hang back here and do this, and, you know. Right, right. It's, yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's, a, it's been just such a great experience. I feel like, and I feel like, too, there's this funny dynamic that's happening where the medical people are all kind of a little bit more, you know, um, organized together, professional, a little more boring, right? Um, yeah. from their own, from their own description. And the game developers right. were all like, whatever. Ah, right? um, <laughs> right. And right. we're kind of rubbing off on each other. Right. Like yeah, the, I, think, yeah, the, I yeah. think the medical team kind of makes the game developers act a little bit more with it, you know, more together. Right. And, the, and yeah, then, but we like, we like let them, you know, we give them permission to, to lower their, to let their hair down a little bit. Right. and mm-hmm. um, yep. wear, a t- wear a t-shirt and stuff. So it's, right. it's a, it's a neat, it's a really a neat dynamic. Um, that right. I've, it's I've been, a mashup. I've been enjoying it. Yeah. It's a mashup. Exactly. I've been enjoying it enormously. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to sound too much like I'm drinking the drinking the Kool Aid. I am in my first three months, so it's the honeymoon period. <laughs> you know, I'm making I'm making a lot of you know trying to make a good change there. Um, yeah, that's great. you know, I'm sure I'm sure if you ask me in a year, I'll be like, I don't know, man. It's really it's a lot. It's just really. <laughs> I, thought, but, I
2: thought I had it figured out. No. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but right now I'm but right now it's uh, it's just been great. Yeah, in terms of the industry, like
2: you've had a very interesting career. Like, kind of, how did you get started? Like, Ooh. Rewind, yeah, you know, back to all day the one, way like, back, all, all the way back. back. Take me back to step one, young Jason <laughs> yeah. getting his foot in the door, like, like how would you get started? Oh my God! Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, uh the, I mean, the the thing is that I I didn't I sort of sort of wandered my way into this. I didn't really have a plan. Yeah. Um, I was very fortunate. No, looking back on it now, I can see that I was very fortunate. My dad was a um he sold computers and he was a computer programmer in the 70s. Ah, that's right. Wow. Um, and so I grew up in a house where he was, you know, selling, you know, Heath Kit computers out of his basement and you know, <laughs> making his own company and writing, you know, writing code. He was an early Seattle coder writing compilers. Wow. And and that was just my life. And so I was, you know, when I was six or seven years old or, you know, in grade school, Mm -hmm. I would, he would, I would come home from school and he had this funny routine where he was a contractor and he didn't like going into the office when there were a bunch of other programmers around, because that was back when there was only one computer. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> it was it was in the there was this computer room, right? And it was this right. huge forty by forty cube of computing, right? Like that was less <laughs> punch powerful. Yeah, punch cards. Yeah, punch cards, exactly. And and the yeah. problem was that he would want to use the computer and send up a compile. And you if there were eighty people working in the in the office, you'd had to wait in line mm. for computer time, right? Yeah. And he didn't like that. And so what he did is he flipped his hours. So he would uh, he would go in at like, you know, six PM and he would just, you know, work all night sometimes he would take me along and I would, I'd bring okay. a sleeping bag and a pillow and mm-hmm. I would play, I would log onto these Unix machines and I would play. Smoke wow. And, log. <laughs> and there were these That's games great. that were, that were emerging in the early, early days. Right. And then like I would muds, right. Like, yeah, like kind of yeah, stuff, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I played, I would, I would just play those games. Um, mm-hmm. And then I'd run around and, you know, play inside this huge empty office. So I was, I was sleeping in cubicles when I was seven years old. Right. Um, so early, early conditioning for the, right. The, right. The terribleness for of, yeah. For right. crunch. Exactly. Um, so I was, I was just around gaming in a way that I think kind of everyone is now like everyone's mm-hmm. growing up around technology and the internet is just a thing now, but I was part of that. I was like one of the earliest folks to grow up surrounded by technology in that way. And it really kind of yeah. shaped my thinking. I wanted to be a filmmaker was what I thought I wanted to do. I was, I've been, I was doing, you know, hmm. pen and paper role playing my whole life. I was I'm very, am yeah. very creative. I like to do writing. And I was like, I, I thought that I, you know, when I thought to myself, what I want to do for a career, I wanted to do, I want to be a filmmaker okay. because I had no idea that there was such a thing as a career in video games. Like when I was right. making that decision, there were it no, exists, there right? was no degrees. Yeah, exactly. My whole conception of people making video games was, was literally still people in their garage, putting discs in boxes and, you yeah. know, hand driving them to the store. That was what I right, thought right. of when I thought of video games. So I didn't really, didn't really occur to me that that was a thing that I could even do. Mm-hmm. So I went to school for film and turned out to be um, like as much as I can ad- adapt the theory and I love all of that. I'm really not a film pe- film person. Okay, I did not get along very well with the film culture it's really a, a, <laughs> a different it's not a tech culture right um your so brain a,
2: didn't uh, didn't did, did go over really good
1: uh, no. yeah, yeah it's really yeah. it's yeah it's, <laughs> it's, it's 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 there's a lot of personality there right there's yeah, a lot yeah. of who you know and i'm yeah, i don't i don't yeah. play that game very well yeah. um so it was really tough at first it was really tough um and so i was struggling my dad, um, along the way, had um, apprenticed me as a programmer, so he taught me how to write code. And cool. so I was paying my bills as a as a programmer writing uh, actuarial software, which is insurance analysis. So, Oof. oh god, <laughs> yeah, that was not what you would call the most satisfying work, but it paid pretty well. Yeah. And so what happened was, I was just so I was this programmer. I was this weird, you know, twenty something programmer who was trying to make ends meet. Um mm-hmm. and figure out how to make movies or do something in this free time and then spending all this time playing, you know, running Dungeons and Dragons campaigns with his friends. Yeah. And then one day I'm running, I'm having lunch with my uncle and he says, Oh, you know, hey, I know this company and this guy who runs this company called Hyperbole Studios. They're making some like X Files game thing or something. I don't know. Do you want me to introduce you to these guys? And I I mean, I kind of blacked out and woke up with my hands around his neck going like, why didn't you tell me this sooner, right? Like, why did I, you know, I didn't, how long have you known him, right? Like, I had no, I had no idea. Right. But it turned out yeah. that that right down here in um, in, in Seattle, um, downtown Seattle, was this little studio called Hyperbole Studios, and they were making, oh. they were making point-and-click adventure games. You know, they were doing um, cinematic adventure back in what was called CD-ROM adventures, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Like Lucas Arts Lucas Art style? Like like um kind of point kinda, point of, or, kinda. Yeah. It was more of the remember the full motion video stuff? Like it was Oh it, it, it yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Night trap and that was yeah. yeah, Night Trap, exactly. So they did this thing called they did a thing called Quantum Gate, which was um pretty popular, very artistic, Roland and Mattis of Roland. But they were working mm-hmm. on a thing called the X-Files game. They were doing the X Files game.
0: Okay. and
1: they had hired the actual production film crew from mm-hmm. the show. They had the full buy-in of like they had the they had the whole cast they had they had access to the whole cast the, the, wow. the, the game didn't the game included jillian anderson and david du in certain scenes but they were different agents who were playing as different agents right yeah but, so my first and i got this job as a programmer um in the in the company mm-hmm. uh and my first like you know within my first month i was standing on the set in you know at the wharf here um uh, in seattle oh, yeah. where they where they were filming the the video that would be used in the CD ROM adventure and just going, Oh how did this happen? Wow. <laughs> right now it's hooked, hooked. Yeah, right? right. Like you
2: got um, me. Yeah. yeah.
1: And you know, worked my fingers to the bone on that game. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it came out and, and I mean it did it actually did very well because it had a very strong yeah. license. But I'm, I'm fond of IP. I, yeah, strong AP, but I'm fond of saying that we were the last great um, CD-ROM adventure. We killed the genre. It was that was it. It was the, it was the <laughs> top of the first. mountain. No yeah, right. We we had done it, and no one. There was no. There were no adventures from then on. No more. And then, so and I was a programmer there. Um, I switched into production kind of halfway through because mm-hmm. I, I um, programming was never a thing that I loved to do. It was something I was just kind of okay at. Yeah. Um, but then I, I went into production, which I was better at. And then I mm-hmm. found my way to Electronic Arts from uh, via a group of friends who were who were doing level design here in Seattle who all got hired onto the bond team. And, oh, okay. and when I went to EA, I discovered like it was, it was really intense. There's a reason electronic arts certainly at that time was called, was nicknamed EA university because mm. y- you know, boy, you'll learn the right way and the wrong way to do everything at, at EA because yeah. they do both. They do both of those <laughs> things, right? They do, they, really? And you yeah. see the consequences you live. I mean, it was a, it was super, super intense. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I was hired as a producer. I sort of started out as a producer um, but then what happened was I always, always running the design group. I was always working with the designers know, I was managing the level design team on those yeah. bond shooters we were making. And I ended up um, being the guy that the producer that they sent to, um, to go manage the, this new creative director and this new game director who were sort of conceiving of this next bond game, right? Everything was right. trying to be everything or nothing. And oh, cool. so it was just the three of us in this room. And for a couple of months as they were, that this, as they were thrashing out the design, right? And it was really hard. It was really super challenging, but it was also very fun. But what ended up happening was eventually the rest of the team showed up and we had a bunch of designs. But then those two leaders, those two, the, those two design leaders turned out to be incompatible with the teams in a whole bunch of different ways. We started mm. cycling through design leadership, like new leaders would show up and <laughs> then they would go and they would show up and they would go. Yeah, yeah. But I stuck around. Like, I was always there. I was always in And so there was this day. I remember there was this crazy day where um, we didn't have a creative director at the moment. Um, uh-huh. uh, and I was standing there with my producer. And we were, like, in his cube. And he was, um, you know, we were, we were going over. And someone came up to me. And I was like, hey, Jason, um, this thing, this is one level. This thing happens. And how do we handle this thing? And how does this system work? And I'm like, oh, it's this. And this is how the thing works. And then you do this. And, you know, this is how the gameplay is going to be. And the user experience is going to be like this. And they're like, oh, okay, great. And they walk off. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and I turn to the producer and I say, "Am I the lead designer?" <laughs> I couldn't make this right. up. I swear to right. you. He looks at minute. me. He looks at me and he goes, "Oh yeah, yeah, totally." Yeah. Goes <laughs> back to his email. Right. And I'm yeah. like, "Can we update okay. that in like the job like HR with that?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure." sends an email out and that was how i went from production to design like that was it that was it that was like that was was the transition was i discovered that i was the lead designer one day because i was the one that everyone was coming to for all of the 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 questions about design yeah um so like i said i stumbled i stumbled my way into it i don't know that i really ever you know um had a plan um Mm -hmm. in fact i was i was one of these guys that was i had pretty terrible reviews Um, annual reviews (laughs) on every role except for creative director. Okay. When I finally got into creative director position, my reviews suddenly turned. And instead of saying like, you have way too many opinions about, you know, the big picture and you need to learn to focus on your local tasks and seem very excitable. Right. They were, they were like, it's really great that you're constantly thinking about the big picture. And I love (laughs) it that you're self-driven, you're self-driven and right. right, You're really very, you bring a lot of passion. All my disadvantages suddenly became, Oh no, you, this is how you're supposed to be. Yeah. Suddenly, I was the, I was in the right place, right? Right. Um, is then no we're
3: like,
2: what? Well, why is your Microsoft uh, uh, project not uh, the, right. the game charts? Yeah, you know, <laughs> right. like, Ah, oh, right. stop dogging me about right. that. All right. 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 Why are
1: Why are you asking us questions about the why they're not the game is going to be fun in this way? Go do your work, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Right. Um, right.
2: Yes. Yeah.
1: So I suddenly like it. Suddenly, all kind of clicked, um, and so then I've mm-hmm. sort of been i I've been a creative director for fifteen years. I think. So, wow. Yeah. Sort of the. I found that position, and then it just kind of stayed there because uh, it's a great fit. Um, I had had a few adventures um, to go up and like try out publishing executive style stuff, and um, Mm -hmm. it was fine. But um, it's it's just not where I live and breathe. Right? I I, I'm much happier much happier working with teams and mentoring designers and moving people forward. So so that's the that's the not very short version of the story. That's (laughs)
2: that's great. And and now. You know, still flashing back to that moment um, when you started, like, like, what do you wish you had known, you know, back then under totally different circumstances
1: and everything, but, you know. Well, you you know, I, I have actually shaped a lot of my career behavior around this question because... It took me, I think it took me that those first 10 years to kind of figure out how games are made and what players really want and sort of to unpack the internals of how it all works. And I started to get there eventually. I did a mm-hmm. lot of on the job learning. I really, w- looking back, I just wish that I had a mentor or, or more oh, mentors. Right. I have a couple. I have a couple my first director, yeah. Greg, Greg Roach was, um, was a huge influence on me and couple Mm of people but i didn't have um i didn't have much in the way of um traditional design training i had to go and find that stuff myself i went to gdc a lot i was a huge fan of that and sort of sort of absorbed all the knowledge and read all the books and stuff but there were no degrees Mm -hmm. at the time so when so i've had the experience of just having to extract that information from you know the battlefield yeah yeah. and diy yeah and that sucked like that sucked a (laughs) lot Um, I, I, yeah, yeah, I hated it. It was really slow. And there were times where I would go, I've been doing this wrong for seven years. Like, this is (laughs) so dumb. Like I should, someone should have just told me like, this would be fine. So what I've done in return then is I've turned around and I've said, made, made dedicated like a certain portion of my, of my working time and energy to mentoring, just straight one-on-one mentoring of up and coming, you know, designers and leaders, Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that that's, you, you can accelerate people's efficient learning and efficiency so quickly, right. just sit with them and, you know, help them work through the problems that they're currently facing and mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. So, um, so I've been trying to, I've been trying to sort of, you know, um, uh, heal the wounds in my past by <laughs> going and helping out the young, the youth, right? Like it's been sort of in my, uh, my, my, uh, my attempt to, to make things better. Cause it, it was, it was really tough to getting started. Uh, yeah
2: and it was different times back then there there wasn't totally. a lot of stuff. so like you had to just kind of stumble alone you know on your own and, and figure out whatever that path was. but but now yeah. you know the fact you can mentor and help people, you know that's yeah.
1: that's great. I can tell you that one of the most disappointing moments that I had in in my early learning was yeah. there, there was a moment where I was I was at an EA on the bond team and I was and I, I started looking at um, sales data. I got access to all this sales data. Uh, um, NPD. Yep. That's I got nice. got access to the NPD database for the very Oh first yeah, site. that's the one. Yeah. And I remember I came up to my executive, went to my executive producer, and I was like, I've been sort of combing through all that data, and I was like, mm. John, I told him, I was like, I don't think that there's a direct correlation between quality and sales (laughs) and he looks at me and there's this (laughs) long pause and he's like why don't you keep going on that research project and tell me what conclusions you come to at the end of it that seems like a good use of your time (laughs) like (laughs) good job kid yes you have uncovered the great secret go for it right right right. yeah um uh, and so you know learning that the stuff that i valued in sort of my highfalutin ideas of game design were, mm. Was not the thing that predicted the success or failure of a game. That there are that there are right. lots and lots of factors that go into it around timing and around you know right. the breadth of the breadth of kind of people that can that can um, enjoy competition, it. Competition, marketing, competition, timing yeah, timing. yeah, timing. Exactly. Yeah. There's yeah. so many factors that can go into making that happen that it, it isn't as cut and dried as we'd like it to believe. it would like it was. Right. Wish it would be. Feel the dreams. Just build it, and they'll yeah. Come. Just build it. It's yeah, going to be yeah, fine yeah, as long as it's yeah. good. It'll be fine. Well, that's not actually how it works. No, that is always. a factor. It's really important, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah. that so that was a big that was a very transformative um, sort of moment in my life because. Um, I actually ended up kind of devoting myself to ensuring that at least the quality part is good. Like that was my, right. my conclusion was, well, if I can't control every part of it, the very least I can do is I can set up success by making sure that the game plays as well as I p- can possibly make it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe... In right? Right. Because it, it's one of the prerequisites. It, you know, it does yeah. have to be a certain kind of fun in order to be have a chance at success. Um, right. But yeah. then the understanding d- too that, that that there's no guarantee, right? That it doesn't work that way.
2: Yeah. There always used to be that, you know, metaphor, like shit in a box, right? Like people just get a license and they just yeah. slap something and, you yeah. know, four, five, six month dev cycle. And as long as you hit the date and time of the movies, you know, you get some amount of sales, but I yeah. think customers are more savvy now too, right? Like people, absolutely. absolutely, people the are audience. wise up and the audience is a lot. Sharper now. It's not well, just and, and I, I'm that, in the store, I see the box, I will yes,
1: buy the thing. Not only are they sharper, there's also so much more high quality material. Right. I, yeah, I, yeah. I think I think that it, it's it's actually as much a as much a factor of there just being so much good stuff to choose from that, that mm-hmm. audiences can afford to be finicky about it, right? Right. Um yeah. because that the bar has moved, and that's you know, thanks to
2: the attention economy, right? Like you have so yeah. much time. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly, So much
1: buffet of awesome games, you can't yeah. just put some crap IP yeah, it wasn't and that way buy. like you remember it wasn't that way in the 90s no it wasn't no that's yeah, yeah, right it was like, you know you there were there were one or two great games a year right yeah, um, yeah. here you're going up against a, just a ton of really great experiences and and the, the, and the differences are are the differences are like is it is it great or is it really great right mm-hmm. um uh yeah. so it's you know i think and i think that's great i think that's really exciting i think it's a wonderful yeah. time we live in a we're living in kind of a golden age both in terms of like the way that the way that the mainstream games have have changed recently and in the way that the up and coming like the the indie scene is incredible, the innovations that, that are happening in mm-hmm. the second tier layer stuff is just it's so inspiring. So we' we're, we're, yeah. we're charting out new territory. It's
2: definitely exciting. So kind of um, thinking about the mentoring and all those kind of things like like what kind of advice would you give someone looking to get their first job?
1: It is. So this is an, actually a conversation I have with I have with a lot of people because I like to I, I uh-huh. talk to college I talk to college students all the time and um, I do I like I give lectures at and at, at universities and that sort of yeah, stuff. Wanna, and stuff. Yeah, GDC so. Yeah, I want to go and help people with it. Mm-hmm. And the thing the thing that is still and I think this will always be true because this is this is true kind of not just for games but a sort of across all media. If you're trying yeah. to if you're trying to join an artistic industry. It isn't obvious at first from the outside to most people, but the thing that matters the most early on is that we know that you can finish the thing. Like, yeah it isn't clear it seems like what we would want is we would want to find the people who have the great talent right we want to find Mm -hmm. make sure that you're really good at what you do and then you know maybe we can help you out with the you know you know if if you have a hard time finishing then maybe we can work that out it turns out to be totally backwards because there is there is so much talent out there right there is there's so many people who want to who want to work in a creative industry um Mm -hmm. that and when you couple that with the fact that like i I think everyone who's been in the games industry for a long time has worked with people who just couldn't finish. Right? Oh, yeah. just, right. Like like some some people are just completion averse. And right you can't teach that to someone. Yeah. And if we don't ship, we don't eat.
2: Yeah, exactly. Right. It's really right. simple. Right.
1: right. right? It's right. at the end of the day, you know, it's like it's like saying I want to be an actor, but I don't actually want to give performances. I only want to attend rehearsals. <laughs> right, right. That's not how it works. Like, you yeah, have to right. be able to actually say, okay, we're done here, and we're going to close the thing and ship it. And so the yeah. the recommendation that I always give to, to newcomers is, is ship things, and ship things fast. I I, mm-hmm. I tell the story of the, my one of my favorite stories is actually the, the fastest hire I ever had um, at Ubisoft mm-hmm. was we were looking for a UI designer, um, a, a game designer with a UI specialty is what we were looking for, um, kind of a okay. unicorn. We had this resume come across our desk and it was this, this new designer who was out of the school um, in, in it was in Montreal and her yep. website was her website was, hi, this is my name. Here is a three by four tile map of the games that I have finished that you can click on and play right now. <laughs> wow. Like her resume was like just a few basic facts and 12 video games. 12. Wow. 12. Yeah. Like yes. here's, yeah. And Okay you would click them. And like, one of them was like, it's, it's a, you're a cat playing the piano. Like here's a piano and you're just <laughs> clicking and it's pause on the brain, 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 ring. I mean, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't deep, but it had like a menu and stuff and it was funny and it yeah. worked. And then you could leave and go back and like try another one. Like, you, and so I just like, I played mm-hmm. three or four of these games and, and I'm like, uh, and I lean over to my producer and I'm like, Hey, can you higher. Let's just, I'm just going to send you this resume. We contacted her. I think it was that day because uh-huh. the team, the team was just like, uh, done. Like you know, if you're, <laughs> yeah. if you're, if you're, if she wasn't a, you know, she would have to be, have to have been some kind of a psycho for right. us to say no. And it turned out that she was great. Like she was really a cool person. Um, mm-hmm. so we had her in for an interview and, and was she like, she was on the team in like a week and a half or something like that. It was, I, wow. it was, it was amazing. And, and so, I mean, I use that example to say that, but the mm-hmm. reason, the reason that we did that was not because she had made one really, really cool prototype that showed great promise and had amazing ideas and showed that she was a total, you know, a tour future. It was because right. she had demonstrated to us that she, she herself could finish 12 video games before she finished college. And we're like, good, done. Right. That's what I need. Like, I need need that. (laughs) So my answer is always that. My my answer is, you know, set yourself a goal of finishing one game a month and do that for a year. And, Mm -hmm. you know, my belief is that if you actually manage to pull that off, you're not going to be outside of the video game industry for very long. Right? It's, it's. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's, yeah. there's a lot of work that needs to get done.
2: No. And, and I see dozens of resumes a day, you know, and it's always like, yeah, this, that, that. And then you're like the website. And then all of a sudden we're like, oh, wow, they did this. They did that. They did this. And, and it right. just all of a sudden just catapults them, you know, farther ahead because it's not just, stuff on paper that right. their education or their experience but they've actually done the thing and went from a yeah. to z and put the thing out there and um yeah. those rise to the top and those people we hire you know excel so i believe it makes sense and that's, yeah. that's great advice.
1: and i mean i i i got my first job at Ubisoft or not even electronic arts largely on the basis of having done a bunch of mods for a game called vampire redemption which used mm. the the radiant engine and use the radiant editor. I was using the, the, the quake three engine and the radiant editor. So I had all these levels, I had these levels up on this mod site. Um, well, it just so happened that that was the tool that they were using to build bond. Ah, right. And so they were like, Holy person in, this is an associate producer who knows how our tool works right get them in here right, right. like that right. was it was but it was on the basis of having published my mods my mod levels to to my website right and, and now yeah those things so mm-hmm. um i think it's a, it's a huge factor that often gets overlooked
2: what about advice for designers um trying to advance their career right like somebody you know two yeah. years four years six years into their career and kind of want to go to that next level like what are your thoughts
1: yeah it's um i mean it really comes down to uh an individual's style, um, an individual skill set, right? Each person is going to have a different road. Mm. Um, maybe the best advice that I can give is that so, so sometimes there's a certain amount of dues dues paying that you do have to do to kind of demonstrate that you. That you will, you know, be able to do the work. And some, some of that early, early job work is just about like getting, getting a job and then getting through the first 12 months and like making sure yeah. that you stick with it and stuff. So there's, there's a kind of an initial credibility thing that I do think is important to burn into people's careers. But also yep. that said, I think that people succeed, that the, mm-hmm. the work they are um, passionate about not in, and, and this is, this is a hard lens to, to resolve for people, but I'm going to try to give it a, um, give it a go. Um, the, the, the lens that I use to, to sort of guide people into what they should be, what they should be thinking about for their careers to think about themselves as being as mutants, like X-Men mutants, right? Right. Um, everybody's got a mutant ability, right? Everybody's got, um, something that they're really good at, um, and, you know, sort of superlative at but it may not be the thing that you think it is like it may not be the thing you want it uh, right it may not be the, yeah, the, right. the, the you know i mean there's a yeah. there the, i think a lot of people get really confused because they think to themselves what i want to do is i want to be a lead designer or i want to be able to run my own studio or i want to be they set themselves a goal and they start trying to assign themselves work in, in uh, mm-hmm. according to making it to that goal and yeah. it just takes it just takes forever but if you find yourself in a position where you're like actually what i'm really good at is team harmony or I'm, what I'm really good yeah. at is, like, you know, prototyping stuff really fast. Or right, I'm just really yeah. good at tuning or, right, um, yeah. that balance, kind of, mutant, yeah. yeah, balance, exactly. Or, you know, maybe UI, like user experience or, mm. you know, maybe it's core design. I don't know, like whatever it is. Um, vision yeah, system
2: design, yeah, all those kinds.
1: Yeah. Um, finding your mutant ability um, is... Mm is really crucial i think in, in figuring out what your path is going to be like um to to give you an example like i'm you yeah. i'm uh from my from my experience i'm i'm a pretty good designer in many cases like i'm i'm a i'm a, mostly i'm good at like um, i can do story i can do i'm pretty i'm a fairly good level designer um yeah. um i system stuff i'm okay I'm all right. I've learned a lot about system stuff more. I'm not really a natural talent, right? Um yeah. so I'm kind of like if if I put if I class myself in the industry against other other luminaries, right? I would, you know, if I was gonna say what kind of a designer am I, I would say I'm actually kind of probably not that great at mm-hmm. that, right? But what I'm really good at is putting the fire in your heart. Like, yeah, I, I can get up in front of a team and say, guys, we're making this game because there are people out there who love this content and who are Mm. desperate for us, who can't see, who can't experience the glory of the thing that we're trying to build because they don't know how, what it would look like. They lack that imagination and they're counting on us to do that. Right. They're counting on us to, to show them to flip on the spotlight and go, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the greatest show. Right. Like, that's what we're here to do. And you know, I can just do that. I can just make I can just inspire people on teams And make, make balancing decisions between like who's doing what and you know, what order we should do things. And I'm also a very, very good analyst when it comes Uh down to like the sequence of events, like what should we do first? What should we do second? Is this done enough? Is this not done enough? Right. Those are the things where I'm like that. That's where I'm really world class on. Okay. And so the moment I started doing those things, I started progressing very rapidly Hmm. um, because there was a lot of need for that. And I was really good at it. And everyone could see that if they were, if they wanted someone to get up in front of the team or to get up in front of the executive committee or get up in front of whoever and like, say, this is why we're making this game. They would also get Jason up there. Right. Yeah. I didn't get there, but I didn't get there because I wanted to, I thought I wanted to be a filmmaker, right? I thought I wanted to be a (laughs) storyteller, right? If you asked me what I wanted to do with my life, I was like, I want to do, I wanted to be a dungeon master, right? I wanted to be like the, you know, (laughs) I wanted to be creating worlds and rich histories and, you know, I, yeah. I wanted to be a writer. Those are the things that I would tell you I wanted to do with my life. But it turns out that what I'm really good at is just kind of being a face, right? Being mm-hmm. a being an inspirational leader. That's my talent. That's my mutant yeah. ability. And so that's the thing that shaped my career. So cool. there's a figuring out the difference between the thing that you that you would like to be good at and accomplish. And the thing that you are actually really good at is really hard. Here's the lens. Here's the lens.
3: Yeah. The yeah. lens
1: to use, to, to ask, yourself this, ask yourself this question is, what do other people come to me for advice for?
2: Hey, hope you're enjoying the show. If you are, please go to patreon.com backslash game dev advice. We'd love to see if you can support the show and help uh, new episodes keep coming out. That's patreon.com backslash game dev advice. Thanks.
0: This show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.
1: What What yeah, do my friends... Unsolicited. Unsolicited. People yeah, right. will, just especially pay. in their private moments, especially in their private moments, people will come to you and say like, mm-hmm. hey, can you just give me your advice on this one thing, right? Yeah. Um. Because yeah. I can tell you that for me, that was usually about can you just check this design and make sure that it like all fits together like can you just take a look at that and give me your you know your honest opinion i was mm-hmm. the give me your honest opinion guy right <laughs> right no bullshit uh, just tell me yeah what you think. yeah oh, just yeah. tell me what you really think like i really need to know if this is good or not right right and after right. a while i started to go why are why are you guys asking me this i'm not a, like, <laughs> um yeah uh, and so that's how i ended up ended up doing that thing so so okay. Pay attention if you're in your, two, you know, second to fifth, to sixth year, and even as you move forward in your career, pay attention mm-hmm. to what other people come to you in private to ask you advice on, um, yeah. and then think to yourself, how am I? How is that a part of my core job? How can I make that a part of my core job? Mm-hmm. Um, you'll find that your career goes a lot smoother, and you'll be a lot happier. Yeah, right. Because that, that's your sweet spot, and um, right. but uh, it it can mean it can mean giving up on some of the ambitions around. Having the future that is exactly the future that you thought you wanted to have, right? I mean, yeah, it yeah, can be that can be kind of no. a bummer part of it. So that's right. just part of the process.
2: I want to own my own company by the time I'm 22. Or,
1: right? Yeah, that kind yeah of I wanted I, that. That was like I want to make my own thing. It turns out I'm a terrible entrepreneur. I am the worst. <laughs> I Not for me, right?
2: Um, right. Yeah, and you had to learn it. So yeah, that's yeah. good. So, man, you've worked on a lot of games. So, like, what's one or two of your favorite games or you know projects to work on? Like, is it? Can you? is still
1: that down <laughs> you know, like, well i mean yeah. i mean i have i mean if you've you have I do not know if you how much your your listeners know about my story yeah, for but, honor, the, you know, but yeah. the creating of for honor was was yeah that was an epic quest of its own right it's on and netflix I, right is it still yeah. up on netflix yeah. I, I think so i think there uh, is the yeah okay. there's a docu- documentary called playing hard um okay that is the that is part of the tale right um up yeah, there. yeah um it tells sort of the the some of that journey um it was a, it was a, by the end of it, it was a 15 year odyssey. I, w- I wanted to make, I wanted to make, wow. I wanted to bring the feel of real sword fighting to video games. That was what I wanted to do. I wanted to, okay. I wanted to, I wanted players to feel the way I feel when I pick up a long sword and I fight with it. And there just wasn't a game out there that captured that feeling and for honor mm-hmm. does that. So I you know it was an incredible experience. It was the, it was at the, up and up until that point, it was the peak of my career. I'm hoping I'm, in, I'm hoping that I'm in the middle of a new peak, right? That'd be great. Yeah, um, right. um, but it was an incredible opportunity. So I, I can't, I'd like, there's just no way for me to say anything other than that was an amazing experience. I was no, given the opportunity exactly. to spend a lot of someone else's money on my personal dream. Right. Right. Um, like four hundred person team, right? Was it something? Like, yeah, 450, like it, yeah, seven studios by the end. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, wow. well, of course, but at, at Ubisoft, we we were we were peaked at four fifty, and we were like the little team. You know, we were kind of like the <laughs> that <laughs> was the that was the B group. We were like, you know, can right. we can we get you know can we can we have some of the fifteen hundred people that are working on Assassin's Creed right. or whatever? Right, like yeah, yeah Montreal we were, is like huge. I mean, there's like oh yeah, right three thirty yeah. th- five hundred people. That's oh, it's insane, yeah,
2: dude. It's
1: Ubisoft is a crazy 30, Ubisoft employs 13,000 game developers, right? Or at least they did a couple of years ago. It's probably more by now. It's yeah, yeah. crazy and amazing that they that they can do it. Um, mm-hmm. and they do do it, they do it very well. I yeah. it's 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 an amazing experience. I always say, I don't know if you're familiar with the 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 Warhammer universe, the Warhammer 40k universe, but yeah, um, I always I say Ubisoft, Ubisoft is the imperial guard of the games industry, right? It's like <laughs> you know hordes of infantry and then a bunch of really big tanks, right? That's really <laughs> right. Right. just That's like, what they come to the table with, right? Yeah. Um, like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's, I mean, it's full of talent. talent. Yeah. But yeah. For 450 people on that team at the peak, we started with like 15. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a chance that the great, the, I think there was many great things about for One of them was that I had a chance to from the beginning, try out all of my creative direction, bullshit, all my stuff that I thought would make the team motivated and all that, that I thought would work. Yeah. Um, and I got to really try it out in a, in an experiment. I was given, I was given a lot of trust and a lot of support from the, from the production and business staff there, mm-hmm. um, and really an amazing amount of rope and, you know, about half of the stuff that I tried failed, but the other half worked and it made me much better, um, as a, as a director and as a leader, it was, it was a huge opportunity to build yeah. stuff and it was just a blast to make. We have so, I have so many great stories from that experience. Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. so that was, it was really fun. Um, mm-hmm. But I got to tell you, like, like so, that, from a career perspective, that was really cool. But right. also, <laughs> there was a moment in my career that happened before that, okay. which I don't really talk about that often. Um, but actually, given recent uh, news, I think it's actually okay. it's, it's actually apropos. Um, there was a, I, I spent about six months um on a project called Guitar Hero Van Halen. Oh wow! Okay, um, yeah. It, yeah. Was, I can't it was it was okay. it was released in the era where it was the year that there were actually three different Guitar Hero games released in the same year. Like uh, it was it was the total AC, saturation DC one or something. Yeah, uh, Aerosmith. I think there was an Aerosmith, Aerosmith one, there, okay. and there was a there was a like a, it was it was it was crazy what they were doing, right? It was it was yeah. it was totally oversaturated, and I think that Van yep. Halen ended up being like part of some bundle, or I don't remember what it was, but mm-hmm. I got to. Motion cap direct the band of Van Halen, including David Lee Roth, Eddie Van Halen, Alex Wright. Wow. When they hit like they'd just come off their tour, this reunion tour where they had gotten together with David Lee Roth, gotten back together uh-huh. with David Lee Roth, and they were they were hot. I mean, it was it was That's amazing. that when we went down to the Never Saw Studio and Mm -hmm. we and i spent a week hanging out with these guys and at first it was like oh my god that's eddie van halen and then by by day three i was like staggering in in the morning, sort of sipping my cup of coffee and he was over there you know like getting into the (laughs) mocap suit he just looks up and he goes hey hey, jason i'm like hey eddie and then i walk by and Uh and then my brain goes oh yeah that just happened that was a thing yeah (laughs) yep right yep that's That's my life I, now.
2: That's right, right, right. Van Halen, the first album, 1978. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was that was just crazy. I remember too the, wow. the the other story that came out of that that I could that was just amazing. Was I don't know if you remember the video for, but this is I is all old guy stuff. So I don't know if you're hey, listening. to I'm. I'm a very old guy. So, yeah. <laughs> but you remember the video for Jump, right? Um, um, yeah, the, like, 1984. Da- yeah, 1984. Right. David Lee Roth. David yeah. Lee Roth is an acrobat, right? I mean, he had these incredible high kicks that he was doing in and that, in yeah. that stuff, right? I mean, he's just marked key stuff and mm-hmm. so from right from the very beginning we were like we're gonna mocap this stuff but we're like i don't know man like he's in his 50s like right was it was, yeah. it was it. You know, in his it's 60s the i was like right. well and we're first we're and, and we're just like you know we really better not bring it up like we really better be careful about Oof, that because right. I mean, we, don't yeah, want, yeah. we don't want to create a scene yeah so yeah. So he shows up, and and first, I mean, he's Diamond Dave. He walks in, and he's in this red sequin suit, and <laughs> mean, was, Oh my God! He, I mean, he just he left a trail of charisma. Like, <laughs> it was it was That's amazing close. to 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 sort of meet him in the flesh. Yeah. Um, and then, like, there was a point at which we were doing, you know, we were doing mocap and we were talking. And I think we actually did jump. We were we were like recording we, when we did the full performance of jump. Okay, and we were all kind of hanging out, and he's like, he's like, okay, and he's like, do you guys, you know, if there anything else you guys want to want to do, you know what, uh, uh-huh. before we're done here, and I was like, oh god, I, have, I just it. have to See take, it. I just have to See exactly, it. and I was like, oh, you know what, well, you know, Dave, there were these, um these leaps, these sort of acrobatic moves, these jumps, like the toe touch and stuff that you used to do, um and I, I didn't even, I'm like, do you think, and he's like, oh, you want to do some of those? Sure. Turns around walks yeah. over to the risers or so the risers are like 12 inches It's a 12 inch riser for the drum kit right um okay. it's a little 12 inch riser and he's like are we really he's like he's like still got his suit on right His motion
2: yeah track. yeah in the ball and he's and like yeah. he's like
1: you guys ready to record yeah sure dave push record he's like three two one jump perfect toe touch <laughs> plants lands Ooh, perfect right. 10. damn and then he's like do you want another one we're like Shh. Sure. nails it again, does the high <laughs> kick, and then he's like, Is that good? Are you cool? Yeah, we're good. Dude. Yeah, yeah, takes off his suit and ends the day. And we're all just like, Look at each other, like, this he guy's amazing. <laughs> like, I, just, I, 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 we couldn't believe what we were seeing. He was, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. god at what that a age performer doing this stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I for oh. honor was sort of the peak of my peak of my career, but I got to tell you, uh, you know. Working on Guitar Hero and working with those, with the, with, you know, sort of my rock idols was, um, was amazing. And, yeah, rest, rest in peace, Eddie Van Halen. So I, I don't know if you heard, but, yeah, uh, Eddie. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. 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 I, 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 I heard about
2: it. I mean, I grew up listening to Van Halen and, I would I used to get in arguments with people like yeah Roth is kind of a stooge but that is Van Halen right there's no <laughs> Van Hagar or this person or that person it's like you know Van Halen lived and died by by David Lee Roth as the front person and I would be damned if I was going to go see uh, I can't drive 55 you know leading right. uh, Van Halen so I'm a you're I'm a DLR, believer. VH, uh, you yeah. know, that's, that's where it is. And as much of a goof as he is, and I, I never yeah. bought any of the solo stuff. I did, you know, it was just yeah. a little too over the top for me, but that's the band. And I've been listening to Spotify the last two days uh, after yeah. Eddie's uh, news. Just Alex, too, man. The guy's an yeah. amazing drummer. Like everyone talks oh, about Eddie, but he just, dude, you I gotta know, tell as a you, drummer, sure. I would be like, Holy shit. Does anyone I, realize this guy's fucking amazing?
1: Oh my God. Yeah. No, I, so I, so since you mentioned that I have to do one more story, I don't know if this will make, yeah, me, yeah. make your cut or not, but I got to tell throw you, throw it man. in. So throw I'm it. like, I'm also, cause I was a drummer um, uh, in high school. Like I was one of my, one of my fun you know, side projects was when I wanted to be a drummer, I was just terrible at it, but I was so yeah. enamored with him with, with, uh, with that whole thing. So Alex shows up at first, Alex is, you know, I mean, six, three or something. Right. So yeah. he's also like, he totally, uh, you know, hilarious next right. to the rest of the band but i was—I had this moment of like self-indulgence because we were doing it was one of the first times that we were doing full kit like we were doing drums and bass and singing yeah. like it was the whole thing right it was that era yeah, yeah. of guitar hero and i remember uh, i was <laughs> i walked I, I i walk up to alex and i'm like hey you know what alex um we're gonna do hot for teacher you know like that's one of the oh, tracks right. that yeah, we're doing bass. like the and i said bass. to him and I, I mean i was just you know making this up but i'm like you know i'd love to get an idea from you about how that is done like can you just show me how that intro to Out for teacher is done so then mm-hmm. when i'm going and doing the note layout that i can kind of create something that's inspired by that thing right like
3: yeah yeah and i mean
1: kind of was true but mostly right, that he was yeah. like oh sure so alex van halen walks over to his drum kit and then they spent 10 minutes having him show me <laughs> how he plays through the intro to hot for teacher and i just i was (laughs) my my brain was on record the whole time going like this is the greatest thing that has ever happened to me this is i will take this to my deathbed this is the (laughs) best yes this is absolutely the best so thank you alex if you're out there like thank you for that wonderful moment it was so good right um i just had a blast working with those working with those guys um and you know i mean there was there were a lot of a lot of rock a lot of music people around and it was really, really fun. Um, I didn't. I didn't finish that project out. The rest of the team took it to the finish line. I went to that was when I went to Ubisoft in Paris, um, okay, from Red Steel too. But my 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 six months on that project were deeply memorable as just moments of pure joy. Right.
2: In terms of the industry, like like what are you curious about right now? Like what, what excites you? I mean, we we talked about there's just
1: so much killer content out there and so many options and stuff. But you know. Um, well, I got a couple of things. There's a couple of things. First, I'm, I'm incredibly excited about our, our, um, our, the diversity push that we've made in the last couple of years. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I, I think that we, we did a really good job of mapping out a certain kind of entertainment for a certain kind of person. And right. that, that went really far and was sort of the foundation of you know where we started. But the more we, the more we sort of branch out and start saying, what if we were making games for, for gentle people? What if we were making games for, you know, for um, uh, different cultures? Were we making games for, for, um, you know, both genders across the board and people with different interests and people with like that work is broadening out what it means what what these mechanics mean and in ways that are that that are sort of feeding into each other in these circular patterns i i love Mm -hmm. the way that the design fusion that's happening on like itch.io and and on steam Mm -hmm. right the the there's this game happening where where new designers are playing around with mechanics in ways that sort of buck the trend and buck the traditional ways of using those things. And then, and then those get sort of eaten up and consumed by the rest of the, by the rest of the community. And then re they resurface and they get repolished. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful evolutionary peach. I'm, cool. I'm delighted that we are in such an age of um, sort of fusion and experimentation, mm-hmm. uh, particularly around new voices um, and new audiences. I think that that's that's yeah. huge. It's overdue, um, right? We oh, yeah, wildly yeah. overdue. I, I, I yeah. like uh, someone. Someone um, at, at Ubisoft when I was there. Um, someone it was a wonderful moment where one of the leadership made this made a statement that was, you know, basically the 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 men who want to play video games they're playing video games. It's mm-hmm. right. That's it. Right. It's good. Yeah the the female audience is the growth audience right like it's that's the, right? Right, right, the, right the people who, the people who are ready to come in like those are and i and i mean i don't know if that's true or not but it's it sounds true and i and i and i yeah. um i like that notion right i like the notion that that what we that we're we're in an age now where we kind of did it on, on you know for that one group and now we're expanding ourselves out and you know i know there's a lot of frustration and and, and anger on some parts some people's um, part about that and that really sucks but um yeah. uh, on the same at the same time what I see is just a sort of a brilliant blossoming of creativity, and um, and it's coming along with the development of incredible tools. The 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 way that Unity right. and Unreal are, um, and and the other tools like Game Maker and you know um, Construct and those things, the mm-hmm. those tools are so accessible now that it you really can just make a game if you want to. Yeah, um, that's it's an amazing time. Um, so I'm just delighted to to see where we take it in terms of expanding out new mechanics and 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 finding finding new new experiences. Um, right. Uh, it's super, super cool. So that's 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 really I think the the thing I'm most excited about um, cool. is the, the the full expansion. Um, yeah. And, and there's always great great ideas and like the great designs, the sort of the, I think of it as sort of like there are, there are these grand designs that have always endured that are like, you know, the, the perfect adventure game, the perfect action game. We've, we have these mm-hmm. sort of like very refined concepts of what those of, of design yeah, genres. Yeah. And those are still wonderful. Like there's still, it's still wonderful to be playing those games. I don't have any problem with, like, I'm not someone who hates sequels. I really like, you know, playing uh, the, yeah, well done one. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. If they're, if they're well done, but at the same time, the, the, the breadth of um, possibility that's out there now is just nothing like, I wish I was growing up in this era. Yeah. I wish. <laughs> no, the tools, right? Like just the tools. Just like, think yeah. about it. It's, it's, just, yeah. it's just
2: mind blowing. Like that you can, you can download for free this engine and you can get, you know, the Maya with the student version or whatever, where it doesn't cost anything. And, uh, yeah. you know, all these things that you can do that back in our day, it was like, there was no engines.
1: Nowadays you just need time and an internet, internet, um, uh, access and a yeah, computer, right? right? Like if you've got those things, you can make a video game.
2: Yeah. But that also raises the bar too right because it yes um, it means there's lots of people that can do that so what can you do above and beyond what other people do so um, yep. yeah it's both easier and harder you know which is a totally like statement
1: yeah um, but I but i prefer this i prefer this version oh yeah yeah I mean, so in do this I. era where there's so much good comp- competition it's like the the, the difference between um, you know i think that i think that we're in we're living in the marvel movie age or right? the age of sort of cg <laughs> CG comic book heroes, right? And you know, yeah. I, 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 you know, one of my favorite, one of, the, one of the things I'd like to point out to people is, we're living in an era where Justice League mm-hmm. is the bad one, right? <laughs> and yeah. I, I mean, sure, don't disagree necessarily, but also go live in the '70s and the '80s and tell me whether or not Justice League <laughs> is the bad <laughs> one, right? Like growing right. up in in the in the pre-CG. You know, comic books are for for a stupid kids' era, Yeah, Yeah, right? exactly. um, yeah. Um There, there. We're in an era now where there is so much great entertainment out there, and there's such a such an embracing of genre and in, in, mm-hmm. uh, sort of across the board. Like, there's so yeah. many excellent genre pieces out there, kind of a, for, for all different types of entertainment. It's mm-hmm. a it's an amazing age to be living in, and um, and it's nothing like the way it used to be, right? Um, oh, and, totally. and, and and it feels that way about for games too. For me, yeah. like it's it's there's you know regardless of what genre you are interested in, you can probably find an exemplar out there, and that wasn't always true, right? It was no, it was not the it was not the case that there were that there were truly great games in every genre. So, what about threats? You know, stuff that um, you're concerned about the industry, like stuff that you're like,
2: oh, that's kind of
1: effed up. Um, I mean, the the obvious one is that we you know we the the backlash against our diversity efforts is uh, frustrating um, yeah. incredibly dangerous um, so i'm you know i i don't make any i'm not shy about sort of standing in the door on that one um mm-hmm. I, I learned long ago that I don't I, like you don't I don't you don't have to you don't have to believe in my politics or my viewpoints or my philosophies to work on my team right I would say right. you don't have to be a feminist to work with me right but also you don't get to fight those viewpoints on my team right you don't get to like yeah, say right, well right. nah right no right you know I was uh, the the, you know, the reason that there are women in for honor is because I told I told the I told the team and the company and the reason there are women in for honor is because I'm your creative director that's period right. that's, that's, that's the deal. And we're uh, doing it. Yeah, because that's what I do. That's my that's what right. I'm doing. So and I think that there's that's still a sort of a, a a weirdly dangerous space. I also think that there's a very strange relationship that we have with our audience. that the audience relationship um, with mm-hmm. games is is ferociously intense, right? We create yeah. these world experiences, we literally generate experiences that live inside of our players in ways that movies and stories don't, right? And it it, it becomes yeah. part of their identity, and so right. things go wrong or when and things aren't quite the way people want them to be, that relationship can get really, really frayed and difficult, right? So, yeah. I mean, communicating with our audience, um, I, I don't know a, a developer who has made an attempt to communicate with our audience directly in a AAA space that, that didn't immediately get exhausted by it and want to stop, you know, like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's really, really tough to directly engage. And I think that that's terrible. I think that that's mm-hmm. really terrible. I think that we are, um, I don't think, I don't know, am not sure there's much we can do about it, but um, yeah, you know, it, it being having an open dialogue, having a dialogue with our players and including our players in our design process and our, and, and, and in the sort of the evolution of their own, of their experiences, mm-hmm. I think is crucial and it's just gotten really really hard in many cases to yeah. do that well. Um right. and you know maybe it's maybe it's earned, you know I think in a lot of cases it's earned, but in a lot of cases mm-hmm. it's not, right? A lot of cases it's just it's just people venting their frustrations on yeah, on, uh, on sort of the hapless devs. Um,
2: yeah, and they take it too far. Like, like I, I have friends of mine that worked on a AAA game, and there was like, you know, if you don't put this character in, I'm going to kill you. You know, just right? Like, what? Yeah, what the fuck. It's, people, it's a man. lot. It's, it's like, really a lot. Yeah, like death yeah. threats
1: over a video game. It's like, yeah, get your, it, it it goes deep. Handle right. Yeah. It really it really goes deep. So we're in a weird space there. Um, um, yeah. I also think that like like generally the thing that I find to be the most Dangerous um, mm-hmm. in game development, and this is actually true in I think all entertainment. But in, in game development, for developers, yeah. I think the thing that, that is most dangerous is this is this self defeating belief that we can't do a thing. Like the the mm-hmm. idea that that oh you know we have to serve our we see our, we sometimes we see our audience as like sort of mindless zombies who only want the thing that they were fed before uh, right, right? right or yeah. we see our leadership as people who will ask us to do the wrong thing and then that's really what they want is they want the wrong thing and so we're just forced to do the wrong thing mm-hmm. i'm not saying that that isn't true but what i'm yeah. what i see is a lot of people in the in the especially in triple a who are who have seen that happen enough times that they are convinced that that's the only that that's their oh. job that their yeah. job is to make something terrible and mm-hmm. if they try to make something good they're just going to get their heart broken right um, yeah so they conditioned to yeah that, right? it's yeah. really tough that is really tough to break Um, I've spent, I've spent probably the majority of my time as a creative director has been spent trying to undo that kind of um, culture Mm. right? the culture of self-defeatism and realign people back to the idea that we are trying to make entertainment and really, you know, excite people, show them something that they haven't seen before and that we can Mm. actually reach beyond our own limitations. And, and it can be really, really hard. It can be tough because if you've got, if half of your team is convinced that we're fucked and there's nothing you can do. Well, then you can't overcome that that right. vote, right? You can't defeat that vote by just standing up and being positive, right? It doesn't work that way. Yeah. Um. I think that there's a lot of yeah. cynicism inside inside the industry. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Particularly yeah. in AAA, but also in the indie space. I've seen a lot of it in the indie space as well. I think is is probably the most. It's it's the thing that I most want to defeat when i when I encounter it. Right. When I encounter cynicism, yeah. it's the thing that I want to be like, Hey, maybe it's not as bad as you think it is. Um, right. Not saying it doesn't suck. It does suck. But also, eh, you know, yeah, right. does it suck that much? much? Yeah. Right. And, and um, yeah. and and there are good sides. And you know, what are we focusing on? What about AR VR mixed reality? Dude, I mean, I I've converted my, the other room in my apartment into a Beat Saber room. So, <laughs> um, you know, All right? That game hey, is Michael, so good. Get, get my cardio. Here you go. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Um, thank you Beat Saber people if you are hearing this podcast. So, I I I think that they are I'm delighted that that it, it feels to me in this phase the um VR folks are really trying to address the inherent shortcomings of putting a thing on your face yeah. Um, and I think that that's beautiful. That's always been the thing that was going mm-hmm. to make or break the experience. Right. Um, that awkwardness, and, that uh, vulnerability. Right. Yeah. The vulnerability. Yeah. Exactly. Like there needs to be a see through function. Right. There needs to be yeah. a. I need to be able to tap the thing and suddenly see the room I'm in. Right. There there yeah. stuff like that. Just the straight um, accessibility stuff is what's going to tip it over into the mm-hmm. into the mass space and make it something that I'm willing to do on a regular basis. Um, so that's, it's exciting that it's happening. I've been surprised by how we affecting for certain genres and it's Mm -hmm. a non-factor for other genres, which is, Oh, right. Blew my mind. I was not expecting that. I'm sure a lot Mm -hmm. of folks smarter than me saw that one coming, but I didn't expect there to be a bunch of genres that just have no reason to be on VR. Mm -hmm. Um, but they exist. There's lots of those. Um, But that said, it doesn't work. Anyway. You know, flying yeah. an X-wing is always going to be better right. in VR, yeah. right? Like that's right, just, right. It transports you. Yeah, like yeah. that's there's a couple of things that it's built for, and then flying an right. X-wing is clearly one of them, right? Um, yeah. I personally am thrilled about a future in which AR is a thing, where, where mm-hmm. AR is is a, where I, I would love to be in a world where I'm wearing a device that lets me get my phone notifications in my field, of, in my you know, in my field of view yeah right um where i can just have where i'm just walking around with a screen on my face um and have it be comfortable like i i am Mm -hmm. could not be happier to be moving into that world um That Not said, we've yet, got but yeah, but we've got so far to go on that, on making that happen. And I it's it's yeah. I just am frustrated that it isn't that it isn't going to be here in the next year or three, right? It's yeah. It's coming too it's coming yeah. too too slow. But mm-hmm. you know, I like it that we're in the getting down to brass tacks and actually trying to fix the core problems phase. Feels like the, the most recent headsets are huge steps in the right direction. To see that evolution too, right? When you yep. think five years ago and then you're like, All right, yeah, five years out, where's it gonna be? You yep. know, we're finally getting there, right? Like we're we're yeah. we're really making some progress. So,
2: you know, funnier odd story from the industry, like, you know, the Van Halen story was fantastic. And I'm sure you've got a
1: thousand other ones, but um, oh man, industry yeah. stories,
2: yeah. Whew. I don't have any of those. What do you mean? Oh, no, yeah,
1: exactly. I'm gonna pick from the pile. Um, right, uh, right. sure, what I'm not sure where to go with this one because there, there's, yeah, there's so many amazing things that have happened to me along the way. Um, and and so much of the the process yeah. of making for honor and, and making that occur was it was just so it was so cool. But actually, you know, I, 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 will let me, let me offer you a, um, a funny little side anecdote that is okay. Is it, um, so. So I went to um, <laughs> I went to I went to Paris to work on Red Steel Two. So the, the mm-hmm. there was a, they, they reached out to me. And they were like, hey, come work on Red Steel Two. And and I moved my family out there. So it was an amazing tri- opportunity. And also Red Steel 1st person yeah. sword fighting, like this is also, that was my jam. Um, yeah. Even though no one else really cared, uh, I was like, <laughs> this is this is I want to make. This I'm game. in. Yeah, totally. Three months in, in Paris, I'm in, uh, it's winter and I'm in a park kicking a soccer ball around in the snow with my daughter and I slip on some ice and I shatter my kneecap. Like into, oh, it was so bad. It was so bad. Now, amazingly, in Paris, like I think the the ambulance, like the fire the fireman right? The yeah, yeah, showed up. Uh, It was like thirty seconds. Like they were right (laughs) there. Um, it was amazing. Good. Um, so I go to the hospital and like had surgery and the whole thing. You know, the doctor was like after the surgery, I'm like, how'd it go? And he's like, many pieces. Like, oh uh, uh, brutal a, uh, yeah like it's real bad right um yeah, so yeah. for a while um uh i was you know oh, laid you're, up you're and laid up bedridden the whole yeah and they had they reconstructed my knee they put it all back together i mean it worked i can run i mean it's they did an amazing job so I, you know i have a right. knee which is super cool but for the most of the project on red steel um i was walking with a cane um Ooh. so i was using yeah. a you know because i i mean i was gimping around my right leg didn't work right like it was really. uh right. Um, and so I was using cane to um, just to get me through because I wasn't driving in Paris. I was taking the, the transport. And so I was doing a lot of like leaning mm-hmm. on this stick and my knee would get real sore. And then I would right. go to conferences and like, Oh God, you know, oh, God, was, brutal. Was just, yeah. Do. But it started to get better. It started to heal. And, mm-hmm. and we're getting ready to, to bring Red Seal 2 to E3 the year that we were doing that announcement. And yeah. I remember having, I was having a meeting with the marketing team and they're like, you know, we're going to, they were super excited to have an American that they were, you know, they were, they wanted to push me in front of the stage and it was great. Like I was like, sure. sounds great right and there was a moment where i'm like you know i just so you guys know i'm like i'm I'm mostly healed i can walk just fine like i don't think i need the cane and the marketing guy turns to me looks at me and he goes (laughs) we think you do (laughs) 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 it makes the story yeah (laughs) and i was like (laughs) i was like okay fair enough like that's fine right um I'm used sure. to it. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, okay I'll yeah, use okay. the cane, right? Like, why not? Um, uh, and so I go to E3 uh, and yeah. I go out on stage, but it was Red Seal 2. Nobody cared. Like, it was not a big deal, right? The reason Red Seal 2 existed was because of the Wii Motion Plus, right? That was, it was this yeah. extra dongle that they were adding, right? So, but we came out, we were like second. Um, mm-hmm. And I came out on stage and, and also I was really excited to to, to share <laughs> this and to finally be on the stage at E3. And I was having a great time, but I had my cane with me, right? So I, so oh. I, 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 you know, I'm, I stumble out on, I stagger out on on stage. I think I was actually wearing my cowboy hat. Like I think I was wearing a cowboy hat at the time, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't remember exactly, but we and we gave this demo and I I did the you know, fighting and sword fighting, you get the whole thing yeah. and you know the other thing. And I remember there was a the guy, uh, a friend of mine, actually became a friend of mine, Dan Black. He was a, an account rep for Microsoft for a long time uh, and and sort of a, an industry, you know, sort of a social, everyone in the industry knows Dan. He yeah. said that he was, he for that for that talk, he was standing in, the, he was sitting like the third row. And he said, I came out. And after he did the thing, he leaned over to, his, to the person sitting next to him and he said, who is that and why do I not know? <laughs> right? <laughs> um, <laughs> because what happened was I came off that stage And for an hour or so, the E3 news was abuzz with this wacko that had come out on stage with a cane, right? (laughs) For the rest of E3, I would be walking around and I would... Actually like that day I, I, I was walking into the thing and I hear I'm, there's this big crowd ahead of me. And I hear this, I hear this guy going, you're the dude with the beard and the cane and this <laughs> Yo, dude, massive, like this 300 <laughs> pound dude, like, you know, all muscle comes right, out of the but, crowd and he's like, dude, you gave a, you know, you have a great performance. He grabs my hand, shakes my hand. Like bear hugs you. You're like ah, and he goes and he goes and he looks at me and then he pulls me close and he goes, "Where's the blood, though?" <laughs> the- and I'm like, "Um, it's a teen rated game. I don't know." <laughs> like and he's like, "It's Nintendo. okay." I forgive you, and he gives me this big <laughs> hug, right? right, and, right. and so for the for the whole rest of E3 that year, I was the dude with the beard and the cane. Like I was, I, it happened. <laughs> that happened like seventeen times. People were like, "You're yeah, hey, that right. dude with the cane. the cane. You're the dude with the um um red steel, right? Like, yeah." Uh, right. It was. It was hilarious. Um, <laughs> the other thing was that that I had at the time, I had just shaved my beard. But the way that I wear my beard is with like mutton chops and then like a big yeah. a dyke in the middle. Right? right. I had just done that um, at a for like, like a year before that. It's um, mm-hmm. kind of an experiment. And after that stage, I was like, well, that's it. That's my look. Like, right. I'm, I'm that guy. That is that is right. going to be the thing. So, uh, I mean, anyway, I, I offer that story just because it was so Funny the way that the that these events just kind of rolled out, right? The the comedy yeah. of you know kind of goes viral, right? Oh my god! Like, like, uh, oh my god! The, the um, actually, the beard. I'm, I'm, re- I'm realizing. I'm realizing actually that there's an addendum to that story. I'll add you. I'll add you a coda to that one. So you're familiar with the TV show, Mythic Quest, Ravens Banquet? So I can, you can't say I am, unfortunately. No Mythic knows. Quest is a TV show that Ubisoft helped put together. That is a it's a parody of what it's like to make video. It's a video game development team. And it's oh, a, it's a sort of a.
2: This is recent, right? With the guy from uh, yes, in Philadelphia.
1: Exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly.
2: I, I've seen that. And going. I need to watch that. I know exactly that yes. now. Okay. Yeah. Great.
1: When that preview, when that trailer was, in, when that show was announced, when the trailer came out, I had a billion. Like all of my friends were like, <laughs> "Is that you? Like, have you?" <laughs> You know, I mean, obviously this guy had been studying, he was working with Ubisoft on it, right? And it there was, there was ah. clearly like the character had been drawn, right? Yeah. Well, he gave an interview on, I think it was on Conan, where he talked about the origin of the show. And he told the story about how he had gone to Montreal because he was working with Ubisoft to see maybe we would do a show. And he went to Montreal. Okay. He said that he was, he was sort of wandering the halls and he saw this dude who was dressed in all black, long hair, cowboy hat. Right. And he was walking yeah. around with a cane and he was like, you could clearly see that the cane was a prop. He didn't need it. Right. Like <laughs> it was just, it was just a thing. Right? right. And he said, he was like, I gotta, you know, talk to this dude. And he said, okay, he said, he, he came over and he sat down and he's like, Hey brother, how you doing? And I said, hey, how are you? And he's like, what do you do? And I, and he said, I'm a creative director. And I said to him, you know, well, what does a creative director do? I don't know what that is. Right. Yeah. And he said, this guy, like he like, looked off into the distance yeah even though we were on the just on the fifth floor and it was just fluorescent lights and like it wasn't like <laughs> just kind of looked off stared at right, the distance right. and he was like and he said brother i make worlds <laughs> <laughs> and he said and he right. said excuse me for just a minute um, i'm gonna step outside and he said he went went outside called his um his collaborator his producer on the phone and was like we are right. making a show about that, this is we are going to do this, right? This is a madhouse. Yeah, right? this is a madhouse, right? Um, uh, fertile ground, fertile ground. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And when I heard when I when I heard that story, I watched. It, I said a bunch of people send me the interview, and like you know, this is this, yeah. is this is clearly you. And I was like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't think that like, that sounds like really pretentious. I don't think that's me. To right. a person, every one of my friends are like, that totally sounds like you. What are you talking about? Is a hundred percent you. Right. It so, brings. you know, anyway, I don't know. I, you're, nope. You asked for industry stories. And I'm just telling you about the, the character of Jason Vandenberg. But, no, that's you know, fantastic.
2: I, I've literally said for decades, I'm like, this is such a crazy mishmash of things and people and ideas yeah. and personalities. And I've been like, you know, why did they not make, you know, a show, a sitcom, a, a series <laughs> about the video game industry? Y-
1: yeah. y- you know, I, so. Mythic Quest is good. Mythic Quest yeah, is good. Okay. They actually I, they actually are like, you know, they did their homework. on
2: the- That's good. Yeah. I, I've been meaning to watch that. Now I have yeah. to. Totally watch it now. Yeah. So here's another crazy. one too.
1: Little little detail to throw out to you. So there's there's a funny thing. We were talking about beards. There's this yeah. funny thing that happens when you, if you ever go to GDC. There's, oh, yeah. a, yep. there's a game that I play with myself, which is find the designer, um, <laughs> right? Um, and specifically the lead designer or creative director, right? So yeah. so yeah. you can pick <laughs> out specifically yeah. male male creative directors um, yeah. out of right. a crowd because every male creative director in the games industry has some different combination of hair and beard that they <laughs> right. put together that is a just slightly, slightly different. It's yeah, just yeah. not quite anyone else's thing right, right. And it, you know sometimes there's a piercing involved or maybe there's another yeah. thing there's another detail of costume hats yeah, we've yeah, yeah. and, and, uh, had exactly exactly and uh, for women i think it's different there's often a hair thing there's a hair color thing that's going on right. and about right. length and that one's a little bit trickier though because there's a lot more there's a lot more variety um but right. for it's funny because the the men have all figured out that in order to stand out like to be more effective as a design leader I'm better right. if I just look like an icon. Like I'm better if right. I look like a cartoon right. character just a little bit. Right. Yeah. And we've all done Stand it. we've up. all like, we've all right. like done the beard sculpting to find just the thing. And I think that, I think that there's some unspoken rule, right. Where you go to GDC as a designer and you see another designer who's got your beard that you, have that one of you, you have to fight. And then the, <laughs> the loser has to change their beard. Yeah, right.
2: right. here's the bick. Here's no Rocco. Right. Make it go away. I <laughs> exactly. won. Exactly. <laughs> ah! Yeah, GDC is such a trip too. I mean, it's just uh, I miss it. So great going up to the Death Star there and um, <laughs> Marriott Marquis there on the top yep. floor looking. There you go.
1: So, what are games you're you're playing right now that you're excited about? Like, you know, you talked about Beat Saber. Like something happened this weekend that <laughs> that will. Oh, oh very God. recent. So on Friday, uh, Friday evening was coming along, and I opened up Steam. Just mm-hmm. to kind of like, I don't think I was going to go play something. And this, there was this, an advertisement jumped on the, on my screen that was like, "Hey, you know, Spelunky Two um, mm-hmm. has come out." Yeah. And I lost my mind. I had no idea that there was a sequel to Spelunky. I don't know if you're, if folks know no. about Spelunky. Splunky yeah. is a, a side-scrolling um, action roguelike. like like it's a jumping puzzle. Okay. You're basically you're basically an Indiana Jones analog descending through a temple and it's just hyper deadly all random dungeon generation Uh. one of the original um roguelikes um that inspired the big roguelike thing right Mm -hmm. um it it was just a great game it took me a long time to get into it but when i did get into it it was one of the most rewarding experiences it was so good Mm -hmm. um and there was a sequel so i'm like oh my god this is amazing i'm in yay Uh, yeah take me take me to shangri-la so i added to cart and then i was like you know since i'm here Hades is like <laughs> oh, out right. of yeah. out of early access. You know, yeah, I was yeah, waiting for yeah. it to get out of early access. It looked like I was going to really enjoy it, but people were kind of talking about maybe, I don't know. It seemed like it was kind of short or whatever. And yeah. so I was like, oh, I'll add that to cart and then I'll try that one later, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, last weekend, I ended up playing, I think four or five hours of Spelunky. Great game. Like it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, totally an expansion of the existing experience and totally reminiscent of the original great great title and i'm going to keep playing that one for a long time i played 24 hours of hades in one week (laughs) Damn, Um, i fell into hades harder than i think i have fallen into a game in in, it is one of the it is my game of the year it's my current contender for game of the year it's better than the original god of war it it has it has supplanted god of war the original as the best brawler i've ever played One of the best stories, like in terms of VO performances, it's one of the Mm -hmm. best produced story experiences I think I've ever seen. The progression, the balance is flawless it's who published it I, it's um yeah. super giant super giant games um okay uh, has done it and it's smash them up like it's a it's you know you, you you're taking your weapons and you're yeah. you're you know you're a prince of hades and you're trying to get out of hades and so you just beat the crap out of souls for a while until you die and then you start over yeah. um basic in concept but the execution is world-class so if there's any if there's anyone from the hades team you know listening or if they've if anyone hears about that please send my my raving Appreciation uh, right. to that team, uh, and also to Mossmouth for, for Spelunky too. Yeah, is there anything I should have asked you about but didn't? Hey, oh, I don't know. Say the I mean, thing about the thing, yeah. uh, most people want to talk about. Like most most people ask about player psychology. Let's other big contribution that I tried to make to the industry is is about mm-hmm. um, player motivation. This thing called the engines of play right, is the my model of player motivation, but there's like there's four talks about it on, on you know on the GDC, YouTube, yeah. You know, GDC yeah, talks, and there those are good talks that people always like. So yeah. I'm I'm always excited when people are pushing forward. But I've, I think there's already been a lot of chats about that. So. Um, yeah. I, I actually don't miss not having to talk through the player motivation stuff in this conversation. Right, right. I've, do, I've done that quite a lot. Right? Yeah, it's um, yeah. to the YouTube site. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's out there. Um, it's out there uh, I And right. look, someday I would like to give a kind of a summary talk on that, which kind of draws all the pieces together and finishes the theory because um, there's parts of that theory that haven't made it out into the the public. And I've got a, I've also got a friend of mine who every time she tries to share her, her, my, the, the, my theories, she writes back to me and she's like, I wish there was some much more accessible version of your theories out there that i could just share with my friends because there isn't and you need yeah, to fix this like, yeah, you know,
2: like down version
1: yeah you need to actually just, oh, yeah. I mean, write a little book or something like do a pamphlet like uh, you know informational poster was the last the, her last suggestion i was like hey, that's a pretty
3: good <laughs> idea it's not a bad idea there
1: you go. um so i don't know i'm hoping that if that i can i can find it in myself to sort of close a loop on that but yeah that's about it i mean that's cool this has been great. I, I I really appreciate the chance to sort of share old war stories and you know talk through the, the some of those old experiences because it's been it's been such a weird road, right? And I oh yeah I think I think that we don't we don't get enough discussions about what it's sort of like to be a dev. Mm-hmm. Um and, and I really appreciate the the opportunity that you provide here on the podcast to just kind of yeah, you know, but let, let people share their real perception and insights, right? So it's it's right. I think it's really great.
2: It, it gives insight and it also um makes it not so foreign not so like it's yeah crazy black box and it i I think uh,
1: i decided i decided that i I had decided that i wanted to be a filmmaker early in life because i think i got this there was an i had like an empire strikes back behind the scenes book that was like here's (laughs) here's all this behind the scenes (laughs) stuff about what it's like to work on a thing and i and i went looked and i started reading about it and, and eventually i could learn all this stuff about what it's like to be on a movie set so i could envision it right um there wasn't that sort of stuff for video games and so i couldn't think i like i failed to imagine Uh, myself as a video game developer for a really long time right um Mm -hmm. so i think that kind of i like that we are at a phase where we're kind of tearing down those walls and trying to say to the rest of the world hey this is what it's really like you know this is the this is the you know it's a really collaborative environment it's often very challenging it's very difficult right it's not it's not Mm -hmm. auteur driven like it's not single vision it's it's about yeah. multiple people coming together, and you know, there's a there's a reason that we're fan of fans of studios instead of being fans of individuals in the games industry, right? Like it, yeah. I think that, that that really speaks to the truth, the fact, the truth that games are this collaborative art. I love that we're in this phase of self reflection and sort of revelation. Yeah, and that's the
2: whole idea behind the show. So, what about people finding you online? You know, website, Twitter.
1: Yeah, um, I'm like the dar- I'm I'm the Dark Lordy, the underscore Dark Lord with an e on it on the end. Um, I used right. to just be the Dark Lord, but then um, I discovered that there's a whole bunch of dr- the Dark Lords out there. <laughs> <laughs> and so I discovered if I add an E to the end of it, then I can get my username. On Twitter, I'm the underscore Dark I don't post much on Twitter. I'm also followable on Facebook. Um, I'm there. My my website is darkfluority.com. It's got some of my posts and lectures. I haven't I haven't blogged in a really long time. And then a lot of my best stuff is on YouTube. Um, mm-hmm. And I've got a couple of Gamma Sutra article That's articles. That's a great site. Years ago. Yeah, yeah. Some of the Engines of Play stuff is, is up on there as well.
2: Yeah, just the last question. I, I, any one piece of advice you
1: give others working in the industry right now? Um... Tear down the walls, man. Yeah. Just tear down the walls. Tear down your own suppositions about what people, what you think people want, about what you think what we can do. Tear right. down the walls. I think we are in a phase where we need to expand our ideas about how, what kind of a difference we can make. Um, mm-hmm. Learn the skill of examining your assumptions, the unconscious assumptions that you're making about the people that you're working with, the audience that you're building your game for, Right. Um, And rip rip those things apart and become a better person. Designers, my core philosophy is that designers will express their worldview through their designs. Mm -hmm. um, And our audience will experience that worldview through those designs.
3: And Mm -hmm. so we have
1: an obligation to just become better people so that our designs will naturally reflect our shared humanity in a more sort of intricate way. So um, work on self. Right. You know, don't stop learning. Keep working on yourself. Keep working inside. You know, get in mm-hmm. therapy. <laughs> right. um, work it out.
2: Figure it out. It out and, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, just discover your own limitations. Find the things that are that you're using to hold yourself back and nuke them. Because the world right. needs creative visionaries who can see a better way. It's this Especially generation. That's yep. gonna, I mean, they know it. This generation doesn't need to be reminded that this is their time. Um, right. And mm-hmm. I think the way to do that is to undo your presuppositions about how the world works. Even if you think that you've got it right. Like, even if you think that you're already mm-hmm. you know, woke enough yeah there's there's no such thing right you got to keep working it's a constant process
2: no that's great and um thank you jason Uh, i think it's been great discussion and uh, you know i just appreciate your insight and all your ideas sharing with the audience so
1: thank you thank you john
2: thanks for listening to this episode of game dev advice the game developers podcast go to the website at gamedevadvice.com and you can find the show notes along with show notes for all the other episodes Please also check out the new Patreon page at patreon.com backslash gamedevadvice. Have a lot of options up there for how you can support the show. Again, that's patreon.com backslash game dev Advice. Thanks again for listening and being part of the show. Take care. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks to State Farm for supporting this show and helping our listeners protect their businesses and lives. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.